0: and now the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for it's the Trackstar sports MMA main card with your man the voice as always let's start off with some headlines and hot takes it's official CM Punk versus Mike Jackson in Chicago. That's right. It's going down. (laughs) What? You thought I was going to talk about Conor McGregor officially losing his mind? Oh, I will. But let's hold that for the UFC 223 News, shall we? We don't always talk about boxing here on the MMA main card, but whenever there's something big going on, I like to touch on it. And one huge thing that took place outside of the Joshua fight, which wasn't really that huge. I mean, he beat the guy. I don't even know the name of the guy he beat, but he beat him. Uh, He was supposed to beat him. Didn't do it in spectacular fashion, but hey, a W is a W and that's what matters most but the biggest news in boxing this week and possibly the biggest fight that could take place this year outside of Joshua fighting Deontay Wilder which that hasn't been made so no need in talking about that it's the fight that was made the rematch of one of the bigger fights last year Canelo and Triple G. And Canelo pulled out of the fight. Why? Because he popped positive twice for clenbuterol. Now, shout out to steroidal.com. Had a lot of good information out there about clenbuterol and how this may have happened. See, in China and in Mexico. There is a high risk of consuming contaminated meat with Climabuterol in it. As a matter of fact, WADA, the World Anti-Doping Association, actually issued a warning to athletes back in 2011 regarding this. And USADA, which is the organization that the UFC uses to uh, handle their anti-doping cases, they had a statement regarding contaminated meat and it reads, consistent with numerous prior reported cases globally the issue of illicit administration of clenbuterol to animals destined for food production can result in under specific conditions a positive sample for an athlete now what does this have to do with MMA you may ask glad you asked Lee Jinglaing which is the leech he fought not too long ago Uh you got Ning uh, Gallion Dodger Montano and assassin baby Brandon Moreno who was scheduled to fight this weekend against Ray Borg at UFC 223 in Brooklyn But you're going to have to wait until that part of the MMA main card to get more information on that. But all four of these fighters have run into the issue of popping positive for clenbuterol. And they all have something in common. The first two fighters I named, they are from and live in China. Last two fighters I named, they are from and live in Mexico. Both of the countries that um, I named earlier as being at a high risk for consuming contaminated meat with clenbuterol. Now, Francisco Rivera probably has the most prominent case uh, as far as this is concerned within the UFC. He said that he ate some meat in Mexico provided some bank statements proving his whereabouts but they look shady so you sort said hey let's uh, go to your bank together and we will get the statements from them showing that this indeed did happen and you know everything will be fine well Fresco did not show up why didn't he show up he said he was in Mexico Oh, this is crazy he got a four year ban which is equivalent to a death sentence uh, in MMA but he got a four year ban for popping positive based on all of this and here's the kicker, here's the reason why he was given two years but decided to take it to arbitration and then he dropped the ball so he got the book thrown at him and rightfully so Bring in some shady documentation. And then after all this that you've gone through, you get to the point where you can have your name cleared and you don't show up to your bank with USADA because you're in Mexico. Yeah, it just doesn't quite add up. Someone else that had some commentary regarding Canelo and the climbuterol failed drug test. Earlier this week was Jake Laser. Now Jake Laser is known as an NFL insider by uh, working with Fox Sports regarding that. But he's also known in many circles as a trainer for MMA, specifically for football players as well as other celebrities. Now, as far as the MMA main card is concerned, the thing that really stands out about his statements earlier this week when he was caught on the streets by TMZ Sports is what he had to say about Floyd Mayweather training for an MMA fight. Now, Steven Espinoza of Showtime Sports says that it's more likely... That Floyd will fight in the UFC, then box. And I believe he said this to Brett Okamoto of ESPN earlier this week. But again, Jake Laser has a great level of knowledge regarding MMA. As a matter of fact, he has served as the commentator, or I should say, has served on the Fox Sports Desk for the UFC, and serves in that role for Bellator now. So let's listen to what he has to say about Floyd fighting in MMA. What do you think about uh, Mayweather uh, training with Woodley? <laughs> I love it. He's in a good hand. He's in the right hand. You want to you learn wrestling, tyron a got to learn it from. No doubt. Do you, think that, uh, do you think that Mayweather will be successful with that? Uh, he got the right work ethic for it. I don't know how I mean, he's going to feel if like somebody kicks him in the leg or in the head, but he's got the right work ethic for it. How do you feel about Do you believe that this, uh, this I, Canelo... I love, uh, I love anybody who's going to try to push their breaking point, push themselves to something else. I will never hate on a guy for saying, you know what, that's the toughest sport in the world. I'm going to go in there and try and do it. God bless him. Fair, yeah. fair enough. There have been so many developments this week in MMA. Much of it has been overshadowed by UFC 223, but man, so much stuff is happening. Brock Lesnar's manager has said that he wants to fight Dana said that he wants to fight and Dana has said that he will fight. Said it on UFC tonight has also said it in some press conferences recently, but when it comes to Dana saying things, you just aren't sure about what's real and what's fluff. Lesnar did take a picture with Dana at the PI earlier this year when the WWE was in Vegas for an event. Now, according to Ariel Helwani, it's all but a foregone conclusion that Brock will be returning to MMA. Now, he still has a six-month USADA suspension to serve because he took himself out of the testing pool uh, when he went back to wrestling and when the suspension was handed down. He just didn't want to be bothered. All this leads me to one very important question. What happened to the John Jones' USADA hearing? It was supposed to be in March. Here we are in April now. No word about that has been stated whatsoever. What gives? I don't get it. Especially seeing as, now you're asking, what does this have to do with Brock Lesnar? Well, after winning the fight that was then overturned because of the uh, positive test that Jones had. He said that he wanted to face Brock Lesnar at heavyweight. And that's still a huge fight that many, 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 many people would like to see. Again, what's going on with this hearing? When Jones went before the Uh, California State Athletic Commission who works very very closely with USADA seemed as if they were like hey we're going to let USADA handle this as far as the ruling is concerned as far as the time is concerned and we'll follow their lead regarding that they were talking about 18-24 months that's what they thought was going to happen but why hasn't any more information come out inquiring minds want to know one thing that you don't have to inquire about when it comes to the California State Athletic Commission is that they will be sanctioning a fight at the Staples Arena on August 4th for the UFC and who headlines it TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt they're gonna do it again brother yes it's happening. It's going down for UFC 227. That fight has been made. It is a rematch of the fight that they had at Madison Square Garden in November. TJ really didn't want to do it again, especially not this soon. He was like, hey, when I lost my belt to Dominic Cruz, I didn't get an immediate rematch. Why should Cody get an immediate rematch? Well, seems like that's the best fight to make so that's what's going to happen especially after this week with Dana saying look or I should say last week he said look TJ and DJ is not gonna happen so they made this fight happen and there's some rumored fights or I should say a fight is being rumored for DJ coming up around that same time frame as well but I'll share more information about that as things shake out. One thing that has shaken out when it comes to the welterweight division, like I told you over the past couple of weeks, it's been a lot of rumblings, a lot of things going on as far as fights being made. One person who threw their hat in the ring to fight uh, Rocky, or I should say to fight Darren Till, is Rocky Edwards after he won his fight on the London card on fight pass in March. Well, he did not get that fight. Uh, But he said when he put that out there in some post fight press conferences that, Hey, if that fight doesn't go down, I would like to fight Donald Cerrone and ask and the UFC shall give. And sure enough, He's gonna fight Cowboy. This will be the highest profile fight of Rocky Ewa's career. Because not only is he taking on an absolute legend in Cowboy Cerrone. but this is gonna be a headlining fight. And guess where it's gonna take place? Singapore! Why? Because hey, you need a headlining fight for Singapore. Cowboy is a headliner cowboy versus a rock would do numbers uh, wherever it goes so they figure hey why not generally the UFC likes to have fighters from the region on the card especially headlining I guess they couldn't find anyone of Asian descent that they thought uh, could headline that card Uh, and I feel like uh, the leech Lee Jing Lain, who I spoke about earlier uh, regarding Clem Buterall, I feel like he's hurt, like he got hurt in his last fight. Because otherwise, having him fight Cowboy, because they're both in 170, that would have made more sense. But for some reason, I think he may be out. So, hey, Rocky gets the call. It's his first main event. And I wish him well. Now, Cowboy's also stepping in to fight Matt Brown, or I should say stepping in for Matt Brown to take on Carlos Condit. That fight takes place, ooh, I think next week, or it's going to come up really soon. Now, this time it's not Cowboy Cerrone, it's Cowboy Oliveira. Although Cerrone will probably do it if they let him, but seeing as Condit trains out of Jackson Wink, and that's where Cowboy Cerrone trains as well, even he might pass on that fight. When it was announced on April Fool's Day that Tony Ferguson would not be able to fight at UFC 223, it just seemed absolutely bananas. It's like, man, this card has been turned on its head because someone cannot fight and that has happened so many times four times now between Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov but that's not the only card this week that got turned on his head due to a headliner not being able to compete if you are just jonesing for some fights and you need to get your fix before UFC 223. Bellator 196 is going to be taking place in Hungary, Budapest, Hungary. It's going to be coming on the Paramount Network. I believe the prelims are going to be on ParamountNetwork.com. Don't quote me on that. But that was the information that I saw out there because it is a tape delayed fight. I don't know how uh, generally they don't show the prelims, at least not until after the main car gets shown on the Paramount Network. That's going to be at 9 Eastern, uh, 8 Central time. And it's a (laughs) great lineup now. Poor Adam uh, Borses. He was supposed to headline this car versus Conor McGregor uh, pupil James Gallagher. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the whole fracas earlier today but again we'll talk about that a little later on but Adam Borses was supposed to fight him Gallagher can't fight so Borsis will be facing uh, Teodor Nikolov now those two names together yeah that doesn't make for the best of main events so what happened Bellator pulled a rabbit out of their hat and got smooth Ben Henderson to fight Roger El Matador to? oh man I cannot wait to see this fight that's gonna be really really good and again it's a great fight for both of these combatants Uh Ben needs a good solid win and he's talking about going for the finish which he definitely needs I, I can't remember the last fight he finished well I do but it was a very anticlimactic finish when he fought uh Pitbull uh for Patricio Pitbull and Pitbull broke his leg when his kick was checked by Ben Henderson now it wasn't again it was fairly anticlimactic it wasn't anything like what happened to Anderson Silva when he got his leg broken from a check by Chris Weidman but the damage was done for the Brazilian and he could not continue that's the last fight that got stopped uh Roger Huerta, as I stated in some previous episodes of the MMA main card, is betting on himself. Bellator gave him a multi-fight deal. He said, no, give me one fight, and then after I win this fight, I'll come back and you have to give me a better offer. So Roger Huerta is laying it all on the line. Ben Henderson is in desperate need of a signature victory in coming to Bellator because the fight with Pitbull is the only victory that he's had since coming over to Bellator and he was the greatest free agent signing at that time for the company actually he was the greatest free agent signing since probably they'd signed Roger Ware to many years ago and now it's all coming full circle so I cannot wait to see this fight the Voices Marquee matchup on this card though is Denise Keoholtz versus Lena Canova Why is this my marquee matchup? Well, Keoholtz is Bellator's kickboxing champion. And she has done a phenomenal job carrying that banner for them. Miss Dynamite definitely is that she's had many many bouts stops people with her strikes excellent excellent fighter first exposed to her at Dynamite no pun intended Dynamite 2 when it was here in St. Louis Um, and she did her thing then and she did a phenomenal job in her first MMA fight which was with Bellator a couple months ago what makes this specific fight so intriguing is that this striking specialist who's in her second MMA fight is fighting someone who had they won their last fight they would have been fighting McFarlane for the championship as a matter of fact uh, Lena's last opponent who she lost to is the person that's going to be fighting Elima that fight got made recently uh, so it, it's kind of crazy that they would throw Keyholes in with someone that has so much experience and that was on such a rise and a high trajectory I mean she was she had like a three fight win streak before she lost that last fight and now she's fighting someone who is having their second MMA bout. Now, Bellator usually does a better job of building future stars by uh, giving them more manageable fights. So really with this one, especially with Lena's pedigree, Lena is a sc- ground specialist. Kehos is a striking specialist. This is her second MMA fight. Miss Dynamite's second MMA fight. And you're going against a ground specialist who just came off of like a four-fight win streak. And I want to say about three of those were in Bellator and would have been fighting for the title. And this is who you get for your second one. So, I mean, that there's just so much intrigue for me here because if Keyhost can pull this off, she's immediately in title contention in three fights you haven't seen anything like that since Brock Lesnar came on the scene back in 2007 2008 whereas if Lena wins hopefully with uh, Keyhole's having a name that will put her back in title contention but again th- this, this pairing just boggles my mind because it goes against the model that Bellator has been operating on when it comes to building talent. It should be a great, great fight because either Key Holtz is going to catch her standing, which is where all fights begin, or uh, Lena is going to get it down to the ground and show her, supreme skills. I mean, like eight or nine of Lena's victories come by submission. So again, that's why this is the Voices Marquee matchup. You also have Brian Moore fighting Giorgio Belsanti. The curtain jerker, though, is Ed Ruth. Uh, He was supposed to be making his welterweight debut, but the fighter he was scheduled to fight Got pulled from the card. In comes a former middleweight. They're meeting in the middle at 175 pounds. Both fighters came in uh, below that limit. I want to say that Ruth was about 173 and that Eon uh, Pascu came in around 174. So every fighter on the Bellator MMA card made weight. Now on the kickboxing card, which will also be shown tomorrow not so much but I think most of the people who are I should say the ones who did not make weight aren't fighters that you would see uh, anyway John Wayne Parr is fighting that should be good because he always brings it and then Raymond Daniels Whoo, man if you have not seen this man fight you definitely want to watch the Paramount Network tomorrow because he does his thing. A lot of fighters, including welterweight champion Tyron Woodley, will bring in Daniels for their camps because he is a sports karate specialist. So when they need to face someone who has a kind of background, Raymond Daniels is the go-to guy. As a matter of fact, Daniels has also trained with former welterweight champion and welterweight kingpin GSP as a matter of fact when Daniels made his debut also at that dynamite car that I was speaking about uh, that took place here in St. Louis a couple years back GSP was there and in his corner so you know you getting GSP to St. Louis you know there's something special about you. Now it's gonna be a big night for him. the, you know, the injury was going
1: to happen, he, he has it, to knock me out and that's it.
0: How he gonna beat me? Hey, i He, he makes tired all the time me. his opponents. He make tired all the time his opponents, like Aldo, Pettis, like other guys. He make tired and he win. It is. How we gonna what it is. Hey. We, we going find out Saturday night. How we gonna find out Saturday night. Baby. We'll Let's go max max just on that you said you were on on holiday and drinking beer is, is is that for real what how you know where were you when you got the call i was training i was training it was easter sunday It was april Fools. it's hard to tell people i was fighting people did not believe me everybody's like this is a big april Fools joke i was with my son playing fortnite you know what i mean come on i was chilling i was in arizona last week at exos i was training we was training we was getting ready hey, we've been getting here be you know max you're traveling you traveling LA back home go go to the Hawaii like you know. You don't think about five round fight. You know now now UFC give you like crazy opponent five round fight with you. You the best. Hey. You the best, and that's enough to take the okay. fight. If you want to okay. be the number one pound for pound fighter okay, in the let's world, see. You make hey. no excuses. I watch this guy. Wa- this guy. Everybody talk about this guy being the best fighter in the world. I want a piece of it. I want a piece of it. You test yourself. That's what real fighters hey. do. Hey, let's talk I'm about. Right here. If it, hey, I watch his all opponents, all 12 wins Street, like Aldo, Pettis, Jeremy Stevens, Ricardo Lamas, nobody like me. Hey, I'm different fighter. Look at his one, no hey. one like Max Holloway, no one like nobody me. Like me. We're on yeah. the same boat, no one is like me, no one is like me. There's levels to this, no one is like him. I fought no one like him, he fought no one like me. We're gonna find out Saturday night. It is <laughs> no way. what it is. No way. <laughs> hey. I want to ask you guys, what time is it? I want to ask you guys, guys. what era is it? Blessed era, baby. Let's go. UFC 223 at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Man, I was so hyped for this fight after listening to that press conference. That's why I had to play you a little clip of what got me so fired up about this fight card. And then Thursday, this happened. McGregor showed up and left his mark on UFC 223 figuratively and literally he came with a new girlfriend her name is Dolly and due to his actions and throwing Dolly through that window this card lost three fights three fights including a fight for his key training partner Artem Lobov versus Alex Caceres and that was going to be the Voices Marquee matchup for the undercard what happened earlier in the week was that Artem got into a shouting match with Khabib Namagomedov it was in Russian so I don't know what was being said And all I remember was, with watching it, Khabib went over and put his hand on Artem's shoulder, or I should say his arm on Artem's shoulder, and grabbed his neck and was talking to him. It was really kind of sunning him, it looked like, or at least big brother in him. That went down, and I was wondering, how is that going to impact Artem's psyche going into the fight? He was already on a two-fight losing streak. Bruce Leroy was looking to get back into the win column. Uh, both Artem and Bruce Leroy have had—I mean, they—they they bring it. They bring it every time that they uh, fight. They both have 13 wins. They both had double-digit losses. I mean, it, it had all the makings of a great, great fight. But it was scratched because of this incident. Doesn't hurt help that Artem was with Connor. When all of this stuff went down. So that fight is off. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh Ray Borg is taking on Brandon Assassin Baby Moreno. So you got the Taz Mexican devil versus the Assassin Baby. That's gonna be a phenomenal fight. Flyweights giving it all they have. And then I find out that Ray Borg gets scratched from the fight. Why? He was sitting there when the dolly came through the window, broke the window, and he got glass in his eyes or around his eyes. And he couldn't open it because of the glass and things of that nature. So he gets scratched like, man, what else is going on now? You heard them say, Mike, Mike, are you all right? Oh, no, Mike is bleeding. That was Michael the Maverick Chiesa who's supposed to face Anthony Pettis on the main card but that fight can't happen because Michael Chiesa has been ruled medically ineligible to fight he had multiple lacerations on his face from the incident so kind of went old school UFC tournament style and took out three fighters in one event three fighters and six fights or I should say three fighters six fighters impacted and three bouts that have now been pulled from one man's action crazy now Dana in his scrum said that multiple people were already looking to take action against Conor and I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC was among the litigants. Here's a short clip. Next week. One of the worst days you've ever had on this job? Come on, guys. Come on, this has never happened in, in, in my history of being with the UFC. Listen, th- th- this is a fight game. Mean things are said. People get in each other's faces. People grab each other and do stuff like that. It's completely normal. And it's we always, you know, contain it and handle it as part of the business. But what happened today was criminal, um, disgusting, despicable, makes me sick. And uh, we as an organization need to make sure that this never happens again. At the very beginning of the scrum that Dana had directly after the event took place with the media. He said, this is not scripted. The things he was saying were not scripted. He was just shooting from the hip. As a matter of fact, just before he spoke with the media, he quickly answered a call from the owner of the UFC uh, and the president of Endeavor, Ari Manuel, who is known in Hollywood circles for being a big time mover and shaker he said look I'm getting ready to talk to the media I'll have to get back with you that's how important what he was doing was and the lack of scripting that went along with it he didn't even have time to talk with the person the money man who's over everything the UFC does have an official statement however and I'll read it to you During today's media event at Barclays Center to promote UFC 223 Khabib versus Holloway Conor McGregor and Artem Lobov entered the building accompanied by over a dozen individuals the group which included Conor McGregor and Lobov vandalized the vehicle that contained a number of athletes competing at the event taking place this weekend NYPD was immediately alerted and is currently in the process of investigating the situation. UFC is working very close with the New York, New York Athletic Commission, Barclays Center Security, and Law Enforcement Authorities. All parties are working together to ensure the highest standard of proper safety precautions are implemented to protect fans and athletes. The organization deems today's disruption completely unacceptable and is currently working on the consequences that will follow. Immediately, Lobov has been removed from this weekend's card and individuals involved in the incident are not welcome at tomorrow's ceremonial weigh-in or Saturday's event at Barclays Center. At the time of recording, McGregor had turned himself into the NYPD and according to WNBC he has been charged with assault stemming from the incident something that Jeff Wagenheim brought up today on the MMA beat I found very interesting and I hadn't really thought about this Conor McGregor is not a citizen of the United States and we've seen fighters like Emile Meck and Megan Anderson have problems getting visas to fight in the U.S. due to criminal activity in their history this was criminal activity in the United States of America on U.S. soil Connor will be hard pressed to find another country in the world where he can make as much money fighting as he can in the U.S. on top of this Look for sponsors like Budweiser, Monster, and Burger King to end their relationships with him. About half of the fight card was on the bus that he attacked. And if I were them, and or if my fight got canceled due to this, oh, I'd be suing Connor. You're looking at 20 to 25 lawsuits. 20 to 25 sets of lawyer fees. 20 to 25 settlements. The windfall that he got from his fight with Mayweather looks like it's taking wings and flying away. He's gonna have to fight just to keep from going back on welfare. Now this is possibly a blessing in disguise to the UFC as they've been looking for some way to put Conor McGregor in his place. Looks like he may have done that for them. UFC 223 barring any more just absolute craziness is still going to take place on Saturday. Max Holloway is looking to make history. If he beats Khabib and Magomedov in this title fight he will hold both the featherweight as well as the lightweight championships, just like Conor McGregor did. However, Max, if he were to do that, he would have a greater claim to it because he's defended his belt. Conor hasn't done anything but defend himself in a court of law. He's got a lot more Uh, lawsuits to look forward to because of the things that he's just done now if Khabib wins which that has been something that's been talked about for a while if he were to win that would set up a huge fight between him and McGregor and knowing that all of this mayhem took place because of Khabib all oh, that, that just adds so much fuel to the fire and makes things so much bigger. Now, back to Max. What makes that even more intriguing, because if Max were to win and to get the belt, again, he would hold both of those titles at one time. And the last person he would have lost to would be Conor McGregor. So they got history. Max. And on top of that, Max went on record a couple weeks ago saying, I'm tired of Conor McGregor picking on me. He's a bully. He keeps picking on me and, and doing all this stuff. It's like I'm sick of it. So that just adds even more to it. And as adept as Conor is with his social media game, uh, Max Holloway brings it. He absolutely brings it on the social media. End. So again, th- this fight has so many different layers and it's so very intriguing. Uh, you need to find yourself in front of some kind of television uh, device, your computer, tablet, phone, whatever. You need to see this fight card. Because on top of that, the, the, the fight of the night, which I don't know how this event has impacted things because the the fight card, the co-main event, which is also a title fight for the flyweight title, pits Thug Rose Yunus and Joanna Yendracek. Rose was shaken up. As a matter of fact, right before the portion of the clip that I played, Dana said he was going to check on Rose and he was going to check on Michael Chiesa. Uh, It's rumored that Rose got off the bus and walked from Barclays back to the hotel that she she was so messed up. So what is her mental state going to be like going into this fight? How is that going to impact things again? You need to see this fight. A number of people even before this, like I said, they've been picking this to be the fight of the night. What is even more intriguing to me is that Joanna made a turn in her demeanor over the past couple days she finally came out and started giving rose credit for beating her when they fought at madison square garden back in new york Joanna seems to be more humble yet remaining confident and this really reminds me of the same Joanna that wrested the title away from Carla Esparza some years ago to begin her reign as the strawweight champion. I think I said flyweight a minute ago, but it's a strawweight championship. But she began her reign as a strawweight champion. That's the Joanna that I saw in the press conferences today. Now, what was going to be the Voices Marquee matchup for the prelims was to beat Mega Man Sharapov versus Kyle Bosniak. You know, I, I was going to use them after I found out that the fight between Artem and, um, Artem and Alex Caceres was called off. And the fight between Ray Borg and Brandon Moreno was called off. I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll use that. Can't use that for the uh, undercard anymore because now it's on the main card due to all of the changes that have had to be made because of the three fights that pulled out. So that leaves us with the Curtain Jerker, which is the Voices Marquee matchup for the main card. You got Al Iaquinta, Raging Al Iaquinta versus Paul Felder. Talked a little bit about this fight last week in the MMA main card and how Felder uh, has ties to Iaquinta as far as training is concerned because he used to train with Mark Henry. Uh, he's He's with Duke Rufus right now. So that makes things a little less weird. But what really is intriguing to me about this, and I didn't think about this uh, last week I was just listening to some other people speak about it and it reminded me how I quintus had a lot of issues with the UFC. Raging Al is the best name for him because he literally goes on rages and uh, that's caused him some issues. So much so that he destroyed a hotel room once that the UFC was paying for. And because of that, they stopped booking him for fights. They would not allow him to get post-fight bonuses. I mean, they really kind of put the screws to him. And then Al, on top of all that, was like, well, hey, I want, you know, more money. You know, this Reebok thing, I haven't fought under the Reebok era. And, you know, you're taking money out of my pocket. And I get that. You know, I want to be compensated for the fact that you have taken viable ways for me to make money in fighting away. They got into a battle, he and the UFC, and he just wasn't getting booked to fight. He now sells homes, and he does well with it. With all that being said, he is one of the few fighters who's from New York that's yet to fight in New York. He's like the last of the Mohicans in that case. So now he finally gets a chance to fight at home fight in his home state fight in front of his family and friends and again he rages how is how is all of that going to play out the emotion of finally being able to fight at home after training with and seeing all of his his fellow teammates like Chris Wyman like Algermaine Sterling. Uh, like Gian Vellante, you see all these people fighting, and you never get a chance to fight in New York. And now you do. That yeah, it, th- there there's so many levels to this card. And that's the reason why, at least that specific fight, is my marquee matchup, because I want to see how he deals with all of that. And Paul Felder has been on a roll. He has been stopping people, I mean going to Rufus Sport has been a great metamorphosis for his fight game so that's why that's a fight that I'm very very interested in now on the undercard like I said so many things were gotten turned around so my marquee matchup for the undercard now is Ashley Evan Smith versus Beck Rawlings I stated last week that this fight is for their UFC life. Both of them are on losing streaks, and though this fight takes place in the newly minted flyweight division, this is a loser goes home match. Historically, the ladies bring it. Beck is fighting not only for her career but for her son. She's a single mother. She's trying to make the best out of her life so that she can provide for her son she needs a win she's like on a three fight losing streak and I think of all of her fights in the UFC she's only won one so she's gotta win and Ashley on the other end she wants to be known for being more than the woman who KO'd transgender fighter Fallon Fox she wants to be a champion and this new weight class could be just the opportunity she needs to achieve her goal. So, with all that being said, that's my marquee matchup for the undercard: Joe Rogan, Jimmy Smith, and John Anik get the call for this card. And this trio debuted earlier this year. I want to say UFC 221. This may be the A team. At least until Rogan either steps away or DC comes back, as far as uh the commentary team is concerned. Oh man. But Fight fans, it's not over. The drama or the possible drama regarding UFC 223 is not over. The The things that have happened, the, the things that have been Discovered the things that have been shown. Yeah, it, it's not over. It's not over. There's more. On average, as I shared last week, on average, one fight per card has fallen out due to weight cuts this year. Oh, and Kabibnagamatov notoriously has issues making weight. He's huge. For the hundred fifty five pound division, the notorious for uh not making weight, no pun intended there, but on top of that, he dropped his nutritionist this week because he felt like it was a conflict of interest. This same nutritionist is the first call that Max Holloway's camp made before confirming that they would fight why because it's the same nutritionist that max uses to get down to 145 he had to make sure that in six days he can make it to 155 because he's got to be at 155 or less to fight for the title that one pound allowance doesn't fly when you're fighting for the goal once they got the green light from lockhart and tyler minton then max said okay Let's make the fight happen. So, Khabib was like, eh, I know you guys have a relationship with him. So, I'm just going to do things myself. But he's always missing weight. So, if he misses weight, he's ineligible to fight for the title. Again, there's so much that can still happen regarding all of this. you got to stay tuned. Oh, and on top of all that, the UFC... 25 year press conference is tomorrow, and they're going to be announcing fights and having fighters speak. One of the fight cards that got made officially, which I did not mention earlier, is an interim title fight between Rafael Dos Anjos, or Rafael Dos i I'm sorry, and Kobe Covington. That's going to take place. On the May 12th card in Rio, which is UFC 224. They're doing it for the interim title. At first, I was like, that's bogus. They shouldn't be doing that because it's not like Tyron hasn't been an active champion. If what Dana says is correct, Tyron won't be back until late summer, which means August at the earliest you know, and and if something were to happen, then you'd be pushing in the fall of September. And at that point, it would be a year since he defended his belt. After a year's time, that you know, that that gets a little touchy. That gets a little touchy. Now, had he been able to come back in June, July? i say, no, don't do that. Um, but with him coming back, or at least Perdana coming back that late, it, it gives them... The opportunity to say, "Hey, come on, let's let's do this interim title, uh, just in case." Bottom line, they needed to beef up that card there in Brazil. Kobe Covington will definitely do that for them as being someone who has a track record of a poor relationship with the country of Brazil. <sighs> yeah, that's that's gonna be bananas. And as I stated in a recent edition of the MMA main card, when I listened to the press conference that they had for the fight, I fell asleep. It was just boring. Absolutely boring. I I went to sleep so bad that I didn't even know I was asleep until I woke up. That's how bad it was. Believe me. Kobe Covington and RDA... Yeah, there's no sleeping going on with that. Again, stay tuned, fight fans. Stay tuned. To keep up with Trackstar Sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. And I have put links to the full videos as well as some of the other sources that I used for the MMA main card this week on Twitter. You can search for us using hashtag MMA main card and it'll take you to the different links via Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, But make sure that you are following us on those platforms because I will be giving live video commentary for UFC 223 on these outlets. So, as the fights are going on, I will be giving you updates uh, round by round for the first three fights. The last two fights, I'll be live on Facebook giving live video commentary. Not necessarily showing the fight, but I will be giving you some blow by blow information on what's going on. So make sure that you are following us on all these outlets. New content gets released every day except for Sunday on anchor.fm. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Google Play. Feel free to join the Debate Fuel Facebook group as well, where we have over 1,500 people dialoguing about sports every day the Facebook group is named after our flagship show which is Debate Fuel, and that broadcast takes place live on Periscope on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern you can get replays of it there on Periscope and or check out the audio version on SoundCloud until next time It's your man, The Voice, host of the Trackstar Sports MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.